after 9,000. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have another awesome show for you all today. Very excited. Got our friend Seb joining us again. This is going to be a regular thing on the Mondays. So make sure if you want to see Seb's half shiny head. <laughs> Mondays, this is the way to be. Or not. I, I just ratted him out there on my IG live chat there this morning. I was saying, I'm kind of stoked because I think my buddy Seb is joining us. And I crossed my fingers and I said, I think he's going to be on the regs. I think he's on the regulars on the Mondays. Let's see. I hope. I hope. Mm, that is correct. This is good. This that is, is good. correct. This is it. And before we get too far into the conversation or anywhere past what we're actually going to be talking about, I just want to remind everybody, make sure you like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. That way you get an email in your account saying, hey. The boys are going live. Well, that's if we have ball boys. If not, then it'll just say the collective's going live. So make sure you join us. We'll be good to go. Uh, I have a couple topics, as I normally do, but is there anything on top of anybody's mind? Any thoughts or procedures or tactics or anything that's coming up to the top? No? No bubbles? Okay. Let's dive right in then. Boom. Dealing with pain. This is a topic I wanted to bring up because Sean and I were, uh, I think at Gino and actually I were talking about this originally, um, but the actual physical management of pain is one part of it, but there's also the mental side of it, of managing your pain. And there are days where, you know, things hurt, it's a little sore, uh, I, you know, I don't really want to do stuff and then you got to do stuff anyway and you just got to pound through it. There's also days where the pain is up here and you still got to manage through it. You still got to pound through it. So my first thought is, or first question really is, how do you manage pain within yourself? Seb, you're on the fire. Yeah, um, it, it depends. As you mentioned, there's so many variables and so many different types of pain. But at the end of the day, um, is it a pain that I can actually address, you know, is it a is it is if it's a physical pain in relation to a say an injury of of some sort? Are there things that I can do obviously on the physical realm to make it better? If not, then acceptance is really the only way forward. And this is kind of the predicament I'm in with after you know my catastrophic injury on my left leg. I mean, pain is omnipresent. Everything I do is extremely painful, and the more I push. Uh, so, sort of, you know, the workouts or, or even going for walks and taking the dog out or whatever, the, the more it increases. Every time I do some fun like jujitsu, I'm two or three days hobbling around everywhere. And I love jujitsu, as you know. And so it's, you know, everything is, but it would be easy for me to go down the route of, well, I, you know, I can't really do anything because my leg is hurting or whatever, but I have to take into account what this would do to my psyche and to my emotional side and my mental side if I decided to go down that route. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I essentially override it and say, look, am I causing any additional damage? The answer is no. So then it's just a matter of me being accepting that this is my current situation. There's nothing I can really do about it to make it better. And dwelling on it certainly doesn't make it better. So I just continue to do the things that I need to do so that I may keep healthy in other ways. And, and I will suggest to you that if I didn't do that, I'd probably be in more pain, as counterintuitive as that sounds. 
as as far as the rest of it goes, you know, mental and emotional. I mean, that's it. Just it just depends what the. It's such a complex question. It's a simple question with a complex answer. I mean, it depends. What are we actually talking about? There's 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 eight or nine million different things that that could cause you pain. But at the end of the day, can I change anything about it? No. Am I gonna stop everything else I do on account of it? No. So what's left? One step at a time. One foot at a time. That's that's. Awesome. That's a great answer. Sean, what are your thoughts on dealing with pain? Well, I think it's, hmm, like Seb said, it's a very big subject. And mm -hmm. there's many ways that we could take this in, in a direction. And as I was listening to Seb, he, he's talking about cost-benefit ratio in, in some regards, you know, like, as he stated, yeah, it's, it's painful, but it might be even more painful not to face the pain of the et cetera. So, you know, there's a cost-benefit ratio aspect that everyone has to determine based on who they are or, more importantly, what their role is in the moment. So your cost-benefit ratio will look radically different if you're in a stack of four guys about to go through a door versus if you've got your feet up on the couch and you're trying to reach for the remote control to change Netflix channel. So like there's, there's just different cost benefit ratios. There's also different understandings of what pain is. And so what is pain? How, how do you establish what pain is for you? I'll just use myself as an example. Two thoughts that came to mind were this one, I experienced it and the other, I was taught it. So obviously experiencing it is on a sliding scale of, you know, if you stub your toe and you think that's a big deal, you, if you think that that's, you know, a, an eight out of 10 pain for you, cool. But you're living a different experience than I have lived. And so my scale of pain is quite a bit different than we'll call the, uh, the average person's idea of what pain is. So we have to understand ourselves to some degree in dealing with pain because what I'm willing to put up with is probably not healthy. So you've got to understand how far you're willing to push and for what reasons. And I'm not, I know I can push hard way beyond kind of healthy to some degree. So you've got to understand how much you can push and then understand how much you should push and at what time for what reason. The other aspect is in understanding with dealing with pain, I taught myself, but I also observed it through others. So as a young pup coming up through the system, the military system, whatever, I, I showed up within an understanding of pain, we'll call it X, but within a matter of two to three years, my understanding of pain had been redefined through Z and Z was me observing other men and how they dealt with their pain or how much pain they could absorb. So, you know, the first day that I fell down and, and got a bit dirty and dusty and it hurt is radically different than seeing men who'd been in the game doing full 1,000 meter skids and getting up and brushing off the dust and shrugging their shoulders and continuing on as if nothing had happened. So I contextualize pain through my own experience, but I contextualize my pain through observation of others. That's a great point. And I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up is that it is kind of subjective based on your experience. And if you have been through a lot of physical pain, you can usually manage some more physical pain than the average person can manage. And I mean, we can see this in kids, we can see this in, um, in grown adults, but 
as you said, you stub your toe. That can be a, a day-ending event for some people. Right? <laughs> That's just like, ah, and then they're pain and they're wandering around to complain about it all day. It, it can... Pain is interesting too because not only emotional pain, psychological pain, but physical pain, all these things have the ability to give you an out for lack of a better term right like they don't you do you do yeah you have the opportunity to have you have an out yeah pain pain is just the excuse then that's what i was going to get at was the fact that it 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 can it's understandable let me put it that way for you to say oh my knee hurts somebody who has knee pain goes oh yeah man no i get that maybe you should you know take a minute oh yeah okay i'll take a minute but to be understanding of yourself as you put as you said i think is really important but how do we get there right how do we if you've never been in the military you've never been in the teams you've never been you know blowing down doors and having pieces of things smack into your face how do you then regulate yourself based off of what others see cuz you could look at like Let's just say you're kicking off coffee with stab. That's how you understand. <laughs> but like, let's... no, I'm not kidding. Okay, I mean to your to your point question, it you're asking if someone hasn't felt it. Go talk to someone who has. Sit down and ask the right questions, and you'll get the right answers. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's a good point. Any anything to add? To that? <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, you can also start doing hard things and you can start doing hard things incrementally. You can start, you know, if for you right now, getting off the couch is difficult, even a 5K would induce enough pain. And I'm talking about physical pain right now, but people need to understand that your ability to deal with physical pain also crosses over to your ability to deal with mental and emotional pain. All of those things are intertwined. They're not disconnected. They are very connected because the essentially our bodies are the foundational or the fundamental vehicle that we use to experience life. And so if those things are, if you separate those things, I'm really good with physical pain, but I'm not good with mental pain. Well, perhaps because you take your mind somewhere else where you're experiencing physical pain. And that's the reason why you've never got better at it. But if you kept your mind in it as you were doing it, you would actually have increased your mental, your mental uh, threshold as well. And so for me, start doing hard things. And they don't have to be David Goggins' uh, hard things. They can be your hard things. And, and eventually what will happen is the, the, the things that used to be hard are no longer nearly as hard. And now you push them further and further and further and you reestablish the baseline until your baseline is at a level where it's now you can endure twice the pain that you could endure, say, a year ago. And, and, and you can continue down that route as far as you can possibly. Like there's, there are people out there that walked around at 600 pounds and 10 years later, they're running ultras or five years later, even, you know, like for the most dramatic cases. I mean, there's a million different things you can do to start inoculating yourself, so to speak. And you're not truly inoculated, but you're certainly you're getting a, a measure of, 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 of inoculation. And then for you to, you know, take that next step and go a bit further and take, take that next step and go a bit further. Yeah, that's great. There, point. there is something that I would like to uh, raise as well to Seb's point that, yeah, go do hard things. I mean, literally we say it nearly every single day, if not every day. I think so. I think so. But to the point that, you know, go do something hard. Well, what is hard? Usually for me, it's I default to the, 
go do something hard out there, get on my knuckles and start cracking off push-ups until I pass out. You know, externalized physical actions, we'll call it. That's what usually most people think, deal with the pain. But the pain usually, as, as Seb um, illuminated, if you do one, usually the others will sort of benefit from that. So if you go do something physically hard, usually you'll benefit mentally or, or psychologically or emotionally as, as part of that process. But what, what I do understand is that that being the default, sometimes the default needs to be don't go out and hammer it, sit in your chair and hammer it right in your head, right in the old brain pan. Mm -hmm. And that means, you know, take some time to chillax and figure out who you are emotionally or, or psychologically do that deep dive. And sometimes that's dealing with pain. And what I'm not going to suggest is you should sit in your chair, put your feet up and hyper-focus on dealing with maximum pain emotionally. What I'm suggesting is sometimes just flippity-doo-dah, the focus, the physical or the emotional or the psychological pain factors within your life. And don't just rely on one thing, taking care of everything as it raises the boats. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm sure you guys have heard this many times, right? Pain is weakness leaving the body. Now, that's not entirely true. It is kind of true, but it's not entirely true. And the reason I brought this up also is the fact that pain is a, it's a marker, right? If you're not doing something right, it's usually going to hurt. So if you try to do a deadlift with all of your lower back, that's going to hurt. And that should be a should be a point to think about where you go, why does that hurt? What is it about the way I'm doing it hurt? So really, how much does the ability, the, the humility to say, maybe I need to take it easy today, or maybe I need to not go quite as hard. Where does that come into play? Seb, I saw you nodding your head, so dive in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, those are you know individual event events in people's lives, and you you always have the option of copping out, but you never have the option of copping out. So at the end of the day, what am I doing that allows me some benefits in whatever you know field of endeavor I'm engaged in right now, where pain is produced, and is there a way for me to lessen that and still achieve some level of benefits by keeping on track? And, 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 and adapting to what, to my current circumstances. So for example, to use your example, the deadlift, which is nobody's ever done that, of course. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but if you, if you were to get on the bar, for example, and you had, you know, 315 pounds there, cause, but that's close to your, the max amount of weight you've ever lifted. And now you're pulling it and it hurts your back. Well, if you go to 225, your mechanics are going to be cleaner and you're likely to not experience that. Or you could say, well, you know what? I won't be deadlifting today. You just went from 315 to none instead of 315 to 135. And you're still reaping some benefits from that. The first benefit is you realize that this was too heavy for you and perhaps you were, you know, your eyes were kind of bigger than uh, than the rest of it, than, than your ability to Ego actually... lifting. Exactly, what? exactly, precisely. And so... I, what I do find, generally speaking, is when people experience pain, it, uh, any sort of pain, really, it's 
it's the propensity to want to stop it immediately and not get nowhere near it or nowhere around it or anything that has the potential to. So let's let's take something metaphorical in the pain department, having a, a deep introspection, as Sean mentioned, and, and stand in front of the mirror. So I have a, 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 a bit of a story that correlates directly with this, but a couple, a couple of days ago, I had a friend that legitimately needs to look inwards. Uh, and, and, and that person was presented an opportunity to listen to some coach pain motivational videos. And if you know anything about coach pain, he just loves to be right in your face and, 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 and to basically, you know, tell you that you need to be introspective and you need to stop hiding and you need to stop within 37 seconds, that video was stopped by that person. And there was no reason given. Like literally, they couldn't take it. They couldn't take that very, you know, simple. I, I know. And, and we had. Well, they a, wouldn't like me. No, or, or, or me for that matter. I'm the one that started it. But, but we had a really good conversation. And I was, you know, very direct and, 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 and also respectful. But evidently, it needed to be addressed. And, and that's the type of thing that, that you can find yourself. You can find yourself in those types of loop where as soon as a pain is experienced on one level or another, I want to stop it immediately and go as far away as I can. And if you look at dogs when they're doing something, if a dog, for example, crosses the street and gets hit by a car, don't look for that dog in the, in the, in the, in the first 10 block radius unless that dog is actually mortally wounded because that dog is going to run in a straight line until like literally there's no, nothing left to them. But that's precisely what humans are doing in a, meta, in a metaphorical way. And it's very, very... Um, destructive that's a good point sean any thoughts on that yeah a, a random moment just popped into my head as seb was chatting talking about you know the expectations or the norms of society to some degree is when when someone faces a, some adversity they're looking for the escape hatch rather than just kind of embracing it being in the moment and not not letting it own you you own it that's what we're supposed to be doing is owning our real time rather than being pushed around by nonsense. And so as I was out on my ride yesterday, out on the wintry single tracks, I'd come off them and I was riding pretty quick. I came back down into town and as I got further down into Rosland, got lower and lower, it was melting off more and more. And that's because more and more melt-off snow water was running further down the roads into town and it was eroding the roads faster and faster, less snow. Now I'm riding on black ice and slush. And I, I, as I was riding along at about, I think I was doing about 25 kilometers per hour, I went full sideways and then started scooching down the uh, road, got it on video, threw it up on my Instagram feed. I stood up, non-factor. I've wiped out one gajabillion times. And so wiping out is like, I don't even think about it unless there's something severely broken. So I got back on my bike, ripped down into town, hopped into our grocery store, Ferraro's, grabbed some stuff. I'm going through the checkout. And I guess I must have looked wet because I did a full belly flop and skid down through the slush. And one of the ladies who was checking me out, uh, who knows me, said, hey, Sean, did you, uh, did you fall down or something? And without even thinking, I just looked at her and smiled and I said, yeah, Tamsin, I just... Uh, I just had a little bit of a skitter on the road there and uh, wiped out. And she looked at me and she said, are you okay? <laughs> and as she said, are you okay? 
this is what happened. The entire store came to a halt in my mind because all, all the checkout uh, stalls, everyone stopped, turned and looked at me, saw like I still had snow on my goggles all stacked <laughs> up from sliding through the slush. Because again, to me, it's a non-factor. It's not like I got to brush the dust off. So the, the entire place stops, looks at me, and everybody looks at me, wait for it, dot, 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 with concern. And I'm looking at all of them, and I'm concerned for them as to how concerned they're looking at me because it was, it was flippity flopped. It was backwards. Everyone all concerned about nothing. I'm not concerned. Why are you all concerned? Don't, con don't concern yourself with whether I'm in pain. Just concern yourself with going out there and embracing a little bit of yourself is what I thought in that moment. And I think it was a great uh, opportunity or it's a great opportunity to suggest that man, we all get bumps and bruises. We all don't have to flinch on it and, and go straight to the bubble wrap with the warm blanket and a hug. I mean, life is tough, man. Get with the program. After, That's very re true. after reviewing the tape, they found out that Sean's collarbone was actually sticking out, and that's why everybody was like... <laughs> it's, it's annoying. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't pay with my Visa card. My bone was in the way. <laughs> Should we tell him? <laughs> I, could, I could see that just sitting there, you know, like, oh, yeah, what's the problem? You got blood. <laughs> um, I did... Uh, I didn't do anything that extreme, but, uh, oh, but it's I not had... extreme. Well, no, I, that's my point. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's not, not extreme. extreme. The, uh, I had a similar experience. Let me put it that way with, uh, my son. He, he got some snow in his glove and he kind of lost his mind and he, he was freaking out and he threw his snow, uh, his glove on the ground and was like trying to get all the snow off. And I was just like, Whoa, calm yourself, man. And I showed him, I just picked up some snow and I put it in my hand. I'm like, look, it's cold. And we watched it melt for like 45 seconds. And I was like, look, man, I'm okay. You're going to be okay too. It's kind of part of it. But the, um, I think the, you know what helps reinforce that idea? Knuckle push-ups in the snow. No, knuckle push-ups <laughs> in the snow. That's the way to do it, man. Um, we do have one question here. Uh, Glenn. What's up, Glenn? Good. Thanks for watching. Um, oh, and hey, Julie and Satch. I saw you. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Pop your things up. I just you're, almost you're forgot flashing things I, around, but you're not I being am. very polite. I'm not being very polite. Um, so let me change that right now. Uh, Glenn asks, is there a difference between jumping in and doing the hard thing versus gathering as much information first, then doing the hard thing? <laughs> Can I please? I, I want to jump means, on that. Dive in. Oh, man. You know, Glenn, <clears throat> this is precisely the difference between actually ending up doing hard things and actually overthinking yourself out of ever doing hard things. There has to be some consideration made for if, if you're doing it in the physical realm, evidently the safety and all those things of the whatever endeavor you're going to embark on, especially if you don't have the experience. I could say today, I'm going to go climb. I'm going to go to a base to the, the base camp of Everest, or I'm going to do this. But if I don't have technical abilities or some knowledge or I don't do the right research, evidently I can end up being hurt on account of being stupid. But what can also happen is, and you see this in the MMA world a lot. So I will give you, I will take a live example. 
Jeremy Kennedy, who ended up in the UFC for a long time, is now a Bellator, and he will be he will be at some point fighting with, for the belt in the in the near future. I used to train with Jeremy when he was seven, and we are already seeing him, you know, transcend everybody else and just be so good. He jumped in the fire every single chance he had from right from the get go. I think he competed in his first week of jujitsu. You know, and he just continued going. We had a bunch of other guys, which names I will not necessarily name. They're not known, but they they had more talent, potential, and skills than Jeremy did. But there was always this overanalyzing of skills. You know, I, I need to work more on my ground. I, my ground needs to be better. And my, my this specific thing, my striking needs to be more on point. I need to go to Thailand and do this and, and do that. And for years, everybody was heading in the same direction which is becoming a pro fighter but only one made it to the top of the heap and that's the guy that jumped in the fire every single time everybody else was simply thinking through the process and it was always something that was coming always coming but it never actually happened and so it there is a risk in doing that so yes it is good to have the right information so that you don't get hurt unnecessarily but it's also very easy to start overthinking to the point where you start thinking yourself out of doing it. And you can do that with work, with a project. You're, 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 you have a project or, you, or you're, you're putting in on a contract or whatever and, and, and the client is bringing objection and you start getting into your own mind and next thing you know, you talk yourself, you you talk yourself out of a job. Instead of finding solutions and finding you know, acceptable risk ratios and mitigating the risk and, and, and embarking on a journey anyways. Very, very fine line there. Yeah, that's a great point. Any, any thoughts, Sean? Yeah, the question is a great question, and I think Seb kind of nailed it. I'll just throw this out because this is the image that popped into my mind when I read the, the comment or question. I envisioned or I visualized me walking down. I don't know why I visualized this, but this is what popped into my head. I was walking down a whole hotel hallway in a relatively nice hotel. So we're not talking seedy. And as I'm walking down the hallway, I can hear a whole pile of commotion down at the end of the hallway. And in my mind's eye, I saw some people standing around outside of a door. And as I walked down the hallway, they're all standing outside saying, what do you think's happening in there? What do you think? Is, do you think there's something wrong? And as I get closer to the door, I can hear the yelling inside the door. I can hear the screaming. I can understand that actually what's going on is some sort of conflict between a man and a woman. This is what I'm seeing in my mind's eye as I was reading this question. And I got to the door in my mind's eye, and I'm looking at everyone standing around the door saying, what do you think's happening? Do you think it's going to be okay? Do you think she's okay? What do you think? And in my mind's eye, I just kicked the door open and went in and sorted it out. Now, is that the right thing to do? I don't know. But I tell you what's the wrong thing to do is standing outside of that door wondering, what should we do? Mm -hmm. How long should we stand here? 100%. Should we talk with each other a little while longer and, and, and make everyone understand that this is what we're talking about? No. Get out of the way. My boot to the door and going to go in and sort it out. And I think that's, I don't know why I saw that in my mind's eye, but that's what I saw when I was reading this. And that is the difference. Now, is, is me kicking the door and then jumping in and sorting it out the right thing to do? Well, in absence of any other option, it is. 
And in contrast to the option that is being presented outside that door where everyone's standing around on their cell phones, Googling, what do I do? That ain't the right thing either. So you've got to find yourself the right, the right, not on one end of the extreme to the other. It's not about standing outside the door and doing nothing or kicking the door in. It's about establishing what you're capable of and what needs to be done. And those are two different things more often than not. But I always default to action rather than thumb up my butt. So I don't know. That's my thoughts. It it makes perfect sense because if you're not capable, first off, kicking a door off its hinges, that's that's one thing. Perhaps maybe you could knock or call nine one one or try the doorknob. Ask, or try the doorknob or any of those things. <laughs> Dude, it's right? not There's lots dramatic. of ways to do it. That's true. <laughs> Uh, Seb, I know you got to bounce real quick. You got any uh, final thoughts before we, we shut her down? Yeah, what Sean's Both talking about is essentially decisiveness, which is one of the greatest leadership attributes that you can have, provided that it, you have this decisiveness and accountability matched together. If you have both and you make a decision based on the totality of the circumstances, the best of your ability, and you own that decision, you are good to go. But this is exactly what that concept is is, is, is exemplifying. Uh, failure to do that is going to lead to critical stalls that are going to create some serious issues. So you can do that to yourself in the context that we're currently discussing if you mm-hmm. are indecisive. And I absolutely have to go. Love you guys. I'll see you next Monday. Dude, next Peace Monday. Out. Sounds good. Bye-bye. We'll let him uh, disappear. There we go. And I had a... Still need a little bit of a smoke avatar. Uh, I think that Ooh, you... Yeah, I get a little know? like... Yeah. 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 Transition it. I like it. Transition. Um I was going to was going to add this point on here but I knew Seb had to take off so I didn't want to hold him up. <clears throat> the uh this the thing hey, that I'm caught glad you're up. paying attention to it cuz I wasn't. <laughs> it's kind of kind of part of my job it, here it, I think cuz you're just good at a it. little bit. <laughs> um so this this potion here that says gathering as much information. And so in my mind when I read that I was like as much information how much information is out there on whatever you're doing? It's, oh, there's you, a lot, buddy. It's a lot. And that's it's what I mean lot. is that yeah. is that if you decide that you're going to gather as much information as possible before I do this thing, you're going to be researching till you die. Yeah, unless you put in an artificial timeline. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so I was going to say that maybe you should gather some information or a little bit of information or, again, ask somebody. Talk to somebody. Like you can gain or information. Or gather the right then, amount. Or gather the right amount. That's and do you know how you figure out the right amount? When you're doing it for the first time and go, I needed more information. Or that's the Yeah, that's the wrong <laughs> amount the first time. <laughs> well, how do you find the right amount then? Through practice. Practice. That's right. You got to try it. That's, you know, I, when I first. Took too long, didn't spend long enough, too much, yeah. not enough. Yeah. Figure it out. Blow it a thousand times on the thousand and one time. Maybe you get it right. Once you get it, maybe right. You blow it a bunch more times. Practice. Iterations, right? Iterate, iterate, iterate. And, you know, one of the funny things that that, uh, I think we forget is that that's how we learn to begin with, right? Is through practice and trial and error and when you learn how to walk. And observation. And observation, yeah. And then um, when you learn how to walk, when you learn how to ride a bike, when you learn how to do your first Imanari roll, whatever you want to do, right? When you start rock climbing, when you first jump out of a plane, you have to experience it and then go, oh, that's what they meant by arch. 
versus first flare. things first that you don't have to experience it you can observe it that's usually the first thing and first thing whether you're standing there visually observing it or whether you're thinking to yourself you know what my name is chance burles i'd like to try bjj your options at that point are to hop on the googs and watch the vids and understand that's what it is or the other option is you just hop in your car drive straight to the first place walk onto the mat and say what's bjj Mm -hmm. there's a couple of options and it's for each person to ascertain how they're wired and what works best for them so you don't have to jump right in you can observe but ultimately before you do either of those two things you got to figure out what kind of an outcome you're seeking yeah yeah that's a big part of it because if you want uh if you want to just see what something is like this is i've had people ask me about martial arts most of my life in this same question it's like oh what it's like or what is it like i say well go watch a class go watch a class and just watching a class will tell you whether or not you actually want to be there very quickly because if you walk in in five minutes you're like i'm bored and walk out you didn't really want to study martial arts to begin with if you sit there through an hour and go that looks really fascinating i really i'm gonna try that or hey this instructor is kind of a jerk bounce right depending on how you view that situation allows you to make a decision but that's gathering some information not as much information. i can't even imagine trying to trying to study jujitsu academically before stepping on the mats for like you would be studying forever you yeah that end. wouldn't work for you and it probably wouldn't work for me but it'll work for some mm, true that's a good point you know and and the best way to figure out whether you're that some or not is to try it of course i mean there's many ways to skin a cat there are many and it's for you to figure out what works best for you and if you don't know what works best for you yet try a few different ways yeah just trying that's a big part of it um satch says chase adversity despite the pain that's a great point well to a degree in a sec to a degree no go ahead yeah, it to a degree is right and and to to a degree is contextualized against what kind of an outcome you're seeking. So in Satch's case, of course, I was in a live chat with him yesterday on my IG and we're talking away and he mentioned that his heel pad is hurting. And so I've had that before several times and I know how bad it sucks and so you got to figure out, you know, do you dig into the pain because the mission objective is on a timeline and it has priority and there is Pain is a non-factor. You have to compartmentalize, get rid of, and carry on with the mission. And so that is one way to deal with pain. The other way is to look at it as, am I exacerbating this into a chronic injury that is going to negatively impact my approach towards running across Canada in the future? It's going to sideline me for three months and I can't afford that. So chasing adversity despite the pain is cool except when it's not cool and the only way to establish what's cool and not cool is to understand what the outcome is that you're seeking and target lock on that outcome not target lock on your mood today that's a great uh great kind of mic drop moment but again you can't really drop your mic when it's on a boom so <laughs> uh julie uh, Julie Kelly says, be prepared as much as possible, but don't be afraid to take on a new challenge. If you fail, you will learn how to do it better next time. I think that's 100% accurate. 
It is 100% accurate. And there is that is a super powerful uh, comment if you take it to its next uh, evolutionary leap. And Julie obviously understands this. She probably got tired of typing that out. <laughs> Perhaps. Because <laughs> it's good common sense, but it's only common sense if you understand it as common sense. And this sentence or these sentences will look like alien language if you've never pushed yourself hard into new challenges. Mm -hmm. But the more important part is, if you fail, you will learn how to do it better next time. What you will also learn is not to be afraid of failing. You're going to learn to do things better, but you're also learning that failure is a non-factor. And then eventually, you're going to learn that not only is failure a non-factor, it's actually freaking awesome. And so yeah. you, you'll do it better. Of course, that's called evolutionary learning if you're smart. You'll ev you'll evolve, but the other aspect is understanding that all of all the failures in the world are awesome. I was just thinking this as you were you were talking is that I think we forget about the small failures that we do all the time, right? That that just compound and we learn and we develop and we do these things and we've at least myself i would when i was afraid of failing uh i hyper fixated on the big failures right like at a tournament or um in the moment when you're absolutely needed those were the failures that i was fixated on when i go to do a breach and the breach doesn't go that kind of stuff but those big moments are i'm not gonna say less important but it's uh it's much rarer than most people think it is. And a lot of the little failures that you do every day, like if you're on a climbing wall and you miss a grip, okay, well, that's a little failure. Next time you're going to learn how to, you know, curl your fingers a little bit more or hold on better or whatever, or trust your belay rope, whatever. But those little failures every day that happen over and over and over and over and over again, get smoothed over. We don't really see them because they happen so often. But those are the learning moments. Those are the things that we we do subconsciously, if that makes any sense. Am I on board yeah, there? I, I, I agree. I, I kind of think as, um, I'll use a analogy maybe, that failure is an ocean that is is constantly moving. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's there. You're, you're always failing. They're, they're like small waves that you just don't notice over a, a body of ocean non-factor the big failures are kind of like not tsunamis but they're kind of like a big wave that stands out in the ocean that is mm -hmm. notable that is blah 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 but you know what waves do Whew. they keep on going now they're in the rear view mirror do you know that big wave that's coming towards you that crashes against you and pushes you down underwater and you come in like whoa i barely survived that where's that wave Gone. sayonara yeah i mean you can you can spend a whole bunch of time wasting your time kind of swimming your way around and looking at the wave disappear in the background how's that helping you oh the wave's almost gone the wave's gone i can't see the wave anymore how long should i float here and stare at the wave that isn't there anymore you know what i'm saying <laughs> yep absolutely because then also you're gonna get hit in the back of the head by the next wave. <laughs> That's right? a good point. Because <laughs> you're not looking at what's happening. And but, just and by the way, just hope that it's a wave instead of a surfboard. Yeah. Or a shark. 
anything or, really or a cruise ship cruise ship yeah exactly but that's it's a great point too because pain and failure and a few of these other things can uh if we if we stare at them after they're gone or sit there and be like you know when my when my back goes out i could sit there and like oh my back is out and then five days later be walking around but still acting or feeling like oh i don't want to do anything to hurt myself i don't want to do anything that would aggravate that pain i'm still looking at the wave as it's like <laughs> the, the the actual pain is gone but the the mental attachment to it is still there so i think uh what you said is correct once that once that wave is gone once that uh that failure is over top of you or that pain is gone cool sayonara baby bye, -bye. <laughs> um satch says Sorry, perhaps I should clarify. I define pain, both physical and emotion, it, both physical and emotional. So hence, chase adversity always. Yeah, good clarification, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we got... Uh... Oh, you're in comment sorry. mode, aren't I'm you? I'm in comment mode. There's a bunch. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll get no, back no, to that no, one. No, so no, let's just, you know, let's play the comment game. Play the con. Uh, this, it's somebody's, it's not, not for The... <laughs> let's 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 get rid of your squirrel brain for a yeah. sec let's squirrel get brain's gotta go get back on track so any thoughts on pain anything on um any more thoughts on pain or are you good do you want to move on to another topic well it's such a massive topic and i feel like you know what we really should do is bounce off that topic and then i'm sure seb will have more to add in the future so maybe we could re-up this uh, topic when he's on next monday Absolutely. and if he doesn't want to build on it then we'll bounce to the next topic i just don't feel it's fair to you know continue on without his uh, awesomeness i agree he, he brings a lot of awesomeness to the show so definitely should keep that up um all right well let's move on to another topic then i gotta choose from my list and Ooh, this is a good one. Let's talk about music. We'll jump from pain into music because sometimes when you're trying to learn a new song, it's you'll never painful. be a DJ with those kind of segues. Nope. Then thankfully, I am not. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> never mind. Hey, that was a failure on my part. I have now recognized it. I've learned oh, from Jack. it. Oh, Well done. Yes. Gone. Almost. Go. Almost. <laughs> so, um, the reason why I want to go into music and the reason i want to talk about this is first off you grew up playing music and i grew up around music but i never started playing until just recently so we can dive into that one but we talked about this in the green room and we were saying how important it is to have music in your life but why why do you think music is important to have in your life okay yeah it's a great question and uh i love the fact that you've got a guitar in the background right now so well done chance pearls <laughs> nice stage prop <laughs> no bigs <laughs> whatevs so i think music is important obviously and let me throw this at you how do you know how to read i was talking when you to pick read. up a book right you, well, yeah. you got taught how to read you you got taught the english language mm -hmm. and so because you got taught the english language now you can appreciate books well i was taught music mm -hmm. and so now i can appreciate music if you don't have if if you've never picked up an instrument or you've never studied music or you've never made music part of your life 
you can go to all the rock concerts in the world, but you'll never understand it as well as the person who's standing next to you who's played guitar all their life. I mean, that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So how, how much do you want to engage in life? Do you want to dabble on the fringes of thinking that you enjoy your music because you're driving down the highway, tapping your fingers on the steering wheel to whatever honky-tonk music? Or do you want to pick up a guitar and play some honky-tonk music so that when you're driving down the highway sometime in the future, you can actually vibe with what's going on. You can understand what's going on. You can engage in it at a deeper level than just tippity-tapping on the steering wheel thinking cool honky tonk i think that's a great point and I, I love the fact you brought up language to go with this because music is a language it is 100 percent a language and it, it transcends the actual vocal languages doesn't matter where you go because music is music is music and it's everywhere if uh, you look at you know ancient history there are musical instruments there are singing there are that's how you told stories that was part of part of actual history was to be able to sing the stories of the past. Plus, how else are you going to spend your time when you got nothing to do back in the day when uh, there was no internet, there was no newspapers, there was life. How do you share that life with somebody else? Well, you can, or you share, how do you share that story with somebody else? How do you share um, that emotional state that you felt in this particular moment there's a couple ways, right? There's art, which music is a type of art. There's language. Music is a language. And I think it transcends transcends everything, I think, in my mind. I had trouble with it when I was a young kid because my dad wanted to be a musician. So we heard the same like six songs over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and I never realized how difficult that was until I tried to learn some songs on that guitar. And it, uh, my boys are getting pretty sick of the same four or five songs that I'm learning right now. So how do we, how do we engage others to be engaged in music? Actually engaged. Well, let's, <clears throat> I'd just like to take us in a bit of a different direction to establish some groundwork. First of all, music. Okay, Chance Pearls, put yourself in the Coliseum in the stadium, looking at the dusty oval in front of you, and you're just chillaxing, eating whatever you're eating, wondering when the next show is going to show up. Do you know when the show shows up? And do you know how you understand that it showed up? And do you understand how the vibe is as it shows up? It's determined by music. It's like this. A big old set of trumpets on the end as the gates swing open and the lions come out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Music sets tone. Music sets the vibe. Mm. Music sets the stage for what's about to happen. And so when you start up your truck and your honky-tonk music starts playing, it's setting the vibe. It's, it's part of something that's wrapped all around us most of the time. And you either get to pay attention to the vibe or you ignore the vibe. Whichever one you choose, you, the, the critical element to remember is that you're in charge of the vibe. You're the one pushing the buttons. You're the one selecting the music. You're the ones 
you're the one that is choosing or you're the one that's choosing the funeral dirge from mm -hmm. Beethoven, whatever. You get to set your own vibe. So music in life, life is music in some regard. You get to set your tone for life based on the choices that you make through music, through reading, through talking, through all of it. Music should be a conscious choice, not just a background radio station pumping, you know, advertisements into your head. Get involved in the game. And the best way to get involved with running your program in the way that you like to run your program is to better understand your own program. Yeah. You want to you want to get better at reading? Read books. You want to get better at music? Play music. Yeah. Or if you don't want to pick up a musical instrument and get in the game, that's cool. Well, at least get in the game by paying attention a little more closely to what you're listening to and when you're listening to it and why you're listening to it at a minimum. I uh there's something I love watching on 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 the gram. There when you see reels from movies with different music on it. Oh. So there's it's a little maybe a subcategory on Reddit you could probably find, but you take like this really deep uh heartfelt scene from a movie with really great orchestra in the background and there's like uh it's a great clip that you would normally be like, oh wow, and you could feel very emotional about it. And then take the score off of it and replace it with the, uh, with like, um, like that 70s horn. Exactly. A little bit of Benny Hill. Are you exactly. kidding me? Is, is that yeah. even a thing? Yeah. It's <laughs> hilarious. But, what is even going on? So the reason that I, wa I brought that up is the fact that the music, as you said, sets a tone. It sets the stage. It allows a passage of emotion between two people or between a scene or between as you engage in it it allows you to feel certain things and it it is really it changes a scene instantaneously for sure right and so if you are intentional in the way you use music and intentional in the way you in a similar way to the way when we first started chatting and i, I remember you had said to me at one point it was like it's your your program man you run it and there was a point in time i was in the car and i was listening to some music and i was like eh, i don't really feel like listening to this and then i was like wait how do i want this scene to play out right do i want to just start skipping through songs like eh, until i get somewhere or do i go i want this drive to be the most epic drive ever and then now I you're on, on the game the right music exactly and then you're in the game and it's your choice you can make it super fun, funky, Dude, like have a great time. But set up the trumpets, baby. That's it. Yeah. Now you're the gladiator. <laughs> and there's this great band called Epica, <clears throat> and they do like scores for uh, movies and things like that. But they also <laughs> picture a mixture between operatic, uh, classical, full orchestra, and like death metal mashed together. It's pretty intense, and there's some pretty it's awesome. Epic! It is epic, and there is uh, there's been a couple of times where I've been on a, a leisurely walk or a simple drive home that becomes the most epic adventure you can possibly imagine in my own little head. And well, it's here's my choice. A, here's a little 
little head twist for you. So I, I've been using music for a long time. I've spoken about this years ago in respect to how to manipulate your mindset through music. And listen, when I went out on my ride yesterday, I, it required some hardcore music, like a Black Sabbath, blah, 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 whatever. And it got me like fired up and I'm ready to smash. Even though my body was freaking tired and I didn't want to get after it, I still had to get after it. But I wanted to like vibe myself into the right smash mindset. So sometimes I'll get on my bike and it's like, get out of my way. Do you even know? I'm listening to the wizard right now. Do you know what's going on? Get out of the way. So that's one way to run the program. Here's another fun way to run the program. To mess with your peanut. It's called a pattern interrupt. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll get out on the trails and smash it to Mozart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's totally dissonant. In no way does it synchronize at all. But that's the beauty of it, man. You get to neuroplasticize that little moment, you know? Yep. You're smashing while you're thinking about or processing massively complex classical pieces. It's good. Yeah, I actually had that happen. To, uh, I have a very eclectic taste in music. I have everything from, you know, epica to death metal to folk music to country to whatever right That's and where it all uh, went wrong you just said country <laughs> and i was at the gym actually and i was pounding out on my workout playlist which is a lot of metal and it's a lot of heavy stuff and some techno and everything's all like pumpy and uh the the playlist had ended but it, then it just started shuffling through my regular list of songs and uh oh canada came on and I had the most epic set of squats I think I could possibly imagine. Just like I was all patriotic. Now, why is that? Doing squats. Well, it was, it was like you said, it was a pattern interrupt. It wasn't the Jack. usual. Sure. Like, that's, that's cool. This is that's my standard. a aspect of it. But why was that? But it, I think it played on my, my own desire to do more, to serve ah. myself and the nation by doing better. So you connected patriotism to doing better for your team around you. That's exactly it. Yeah. Well, freaking man of the hour, Chance Burroughs. We should yeah. just end now. We should, employee, you should just employee hit of the day. You should hit subscribe and exit. <laughs> well, we're almost out of time, but I was going to carry on the story because right after that. Dude, you, there's no way you can carry oh, on. I better. mean, like, really? It does. What? You 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 spontaneously burst into flames. <laughs> I became a friggin' a moose. I you saw a moose, a and then there was a there was a, a beaver just walked out out of automatically. No, um, I was gonna say there was another pattern interrupt right after that because I moved to a different machine, and the next song that kicked on was um, uh, it was a seventies disc. No, I'm trying to remember now. I think it was a disco song. But it was uh, it was pretty epic. You, you should have just ended the story at Oak yeah, Canada. Yeah, BGS. That, that's what it was. Oh, Staying okay. alive. Fair enough. Fair that's enough. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and so I started doing. Um, uh, I think I was doing lat pull downs and to the to the uh, to the BGS. It was pretty awesome. But again, I that could have just like thrown. Oh, oh, that messed with my vibe, and I'd stop the workout. And no, man, 
And do people do Lean that? Don't you think? Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's it's kinda, not how I'm wired. No, it's a it's oh, a the hard... song spoiled my day. Ah, well, you know what? This is the sad part. <laughs> As we said with pain earlier, right? Anything can induce pain if you let it, and if you let it take over your day, you it takes over your day. You just you let it happen. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's the trick. So, in terms of what, no, what you what you yeah, so. Yeah, pain can take over your day or not or whatever. But what is, you've got to adapt. You've got to adapt to what's going on. And let me give you an example. When I'm out on my, if I'm out on my single speed smashing, there's a certain amount of RPM, revolutions per minute, that I have to achieve in order to stay out of the saddle and smash. I've got one gear. I, I rarely ever sit on the saddle. There's no, never a moment as a single speeder where you have the right gear ever. Mm. You're always working too high or too low on an RPM basis, but you're always working insanely hard. And so if I've got a tune going and it's working at uh, 80 beats per minute on the beat, bop, 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 bop. What I do is I bop, 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 bop on my pedals. I quote unquote dance on the pedals, mm -hmm. but uh, dancing is smashing. So I'll smash to the beat. And then if it switches to a 110 RPM, now I'm smashing to that beat. If it switches to 60, now I'm smashing at that beat. So sometimes I'll use songs to pattern interrupt my regular pattern of RPM on the single speed, and I'll smash to its beat. So it will enforce, not obligate me to, but enforce the need to pattern interrupt my own style of writing based on the music. And you know what if you can synchronize up with the music? Presto change you. Now it's manipulating your mood. Now it's manipulating your mindset and that blah, 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 whatever. So don't be afraid to use music to set your rhythm as it were. That's a great point. It, uh, I used to do that quite a bit when I imagine this, I'm a little tall. So I was the marker whenever we did drill. So if somebody doesn't know what the marker is. I was the guy in front right on the corner. I'm controlling the pace and the speed. And, uh, I would play the Imperial March. Are you though? Or, or is the uh, Warren officer who's telling you to a right turn, Chance Burroughs, left march? Who's setting the pace? You or the dot, dot, dot? Me. How so? Because it's my stride that depend, that determines the, uh, the stride for the body. Negative. Negative? No. Un unless, of course, you're, unless, of course, you're setting this, the pace out of spec. Because the spec is a specific distance. And as a senior NCO, I know because my pace or my walking stick has a set distance that I can walk with. And your foot <laughs> better land at the spec distance. And if it's not, guess what, Chance Pearls? You're freaking peeling potatoes. I guess so I you do not set the pace and you do not set the distance. Okay. You set the standard. And if there you're you out of standard, potatoes for you, Burls. See, and I always adjusted my pace because I would, I would allow for everybody to stay with me. And this was because I had a long stride. No, the senior NCO who is running that organization <laughs> explains to you the standard that you will meet and the group meets that standard. You as a marker are nothing special other than tall. You will meet the standard period. See, that was never explained to me that way. I knew well, it was there. That's poor I knew leadership, that, then. It, it was. 
unfortunately. And um, unfortunately, because no one explained it to you, everyone suffered accordingly. See, that's the thing. No one suffered. I, I oh, made yes, sure they to did. Make... <laughs> How did they suffer? The guy who was on the far left flank, the guy who was four feet tall, and you're setting a pace that is 97 inches per step. This is what I was going to say is that I never did that. And I knew people that did, but it, I never did you that. did or didn't, you thought that you could. And that is the problem. I guess that is the problem. Uh, to the point Leadership. I was going to say was that I used to play um, the Imperial March in my head in order to maintain a pace and a beat because I wanted to... As you said, there was poor leadership. So we were never actually given, like we were told, hey, this is 96 centimeters that you need to make your pace, whatever the actual number is. I don't know what it is. Um, but it was never marked, checked. No one broke out the pace stick to do a little tappy tap dance. Nothing. So I Insane. So even. are you telling me that you never heard this? Left, right, left, right, left, right. Oh, yeah, left. I heard that. For sure. So yeah. the pace is the set by the system, not by chance burls. And the distance is set by the system, not by chance burls. The entire organization moves as an organism to the standard. And the standard is run by leadership. And leadership, if it isn't doing its job, should freaking quit and go work at Tim Hortons. <laughs> well, since I didn't have the uh, the leadership that was required, I had to do it myself. So That's I, crazy. I made a, a proper, clean pace. There is no imperial march that should ever play in anyone's <laughs> melon, yours included. And every time you've told that story, I was like, that is madness that anyone thinks that they are running the program. They are not. I was. <laughs> well, um, you might have been, but in my game, yeah, you had two choices. You meet the standard. Or you're peeling potatoes. Yeah. And if potatoes don't work, guess what the next step is? Go spend a bit of time in jail. And then come and, and talk to me. You know what I'm saying? I do. And I, I, would have, I would have preferred to have had been told specifically all these things. And I was waiting for them. But since they didn't Failure happen. Failure in the system. Not you. Failure, the system yeah. failed you. Yeah. And unfortunately, well, this is where I had to take it upon myself to find the right beat. I had to take it upon myself to find the right stride so that I wasn't making the guys who were four feet tall sprint. And I wasn't making the... And none uh, of those were the right pace or the right stride. The only right pace and right stride is the standard. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying that I had to figure it out on my own rather than being specifically... You had to figure out an option that wasn't the standard. And hopefully that option generally speaking was okay hopefully yeah but that ain't a standard that's guesswork and i can't believe that anyone let you guess that long it's crazy to me eight years <laughs> it that's it that's i heard the uh you know it's 128 beats a minute right for the quick march 120 120 beats a minute and imperial march is 120 beats a minute and so i played it in my head as I was marching to maintain time. And it, it worked. I've never had a complaint from any of the senior NCOs that uh, would march us along. So you just heard a complaint. There we go. One from the warrant officer. There we go. Runs that warrant. And, and, and the best part is that I don't even feel bad about complaining because I know that there's about a hundred guys behind me called other senior NCOs that are good to go. That if I stepped aside, 
they'd step forward and bark at how much of a gong show that was. Yeah, there was, uh, there were some issues for sure, but we're running over time while, uh, I get, (laughs) I get my, uh, my chops smashed with a knife. Oh no, I wasn't, I wasn't smashing you. I'm smashing the system. You did your best. You just weren't meeting the standard and that's not your fault. It's a little bit my fault. I could have done more. I could have done more. I didn't. Failure of the system, not a failure of chance pearls. Cool. I'm good with that. (laughs) Um, So we're a little bit over time now. Any thoughts on music? Any thoughts on um, pain or the mixture of the two? Anything like that? Seb will bounce uh, to that pain one uh, next time and mm-hmm. music in life again, scratch the surface. Barely. Yeah. Bah, 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 bah. Barely. Yeah. Run your program, run your program <laughs> and then pattern interrupt anytime you want to just throw it in there. Um, well, if you haven't already, I just want to remind everybody to make sure that they like the page subscribe to the youtube hit the notification bell and then listen to us every day as we learn build and grow here on the collective talk to y'all later chimo chimo